We have come to a unique moment in modern history, a great pause, an opportunity to be still and listen, a moment to step back and observe our usual frenzied pace of life and the numbing required to maintain it, a moment to awake to the possibility of a new way to live, a way of freedom and ease that can only come by awakening to the truth of why we numb and hurry, a way of sharing the load with the one who makes the burden light and the joy deep, the waking way. Welcome once again to Element Church. Um, I am Pastor Benjamin. It is my joy to be able to say that. Um, I want to specifically welcome all of our youth and our kids watching today. I know that you're watching too, so you guys pay close attention because I'm going to be talking to you during this, and I'm going to be asking you some questions. Okay? All right. So, Awake, that is the series we have been diving into. So, let's recap briefly. So, first, Pastor Melody talked about that we are in the middle of a great pause, a great pause. And she talked about that true love and joy and peace are actually incompatible with hurry. And that Jesus was never in a hurry. There was a lot to think about from that, wasn't there? Last week, Brett talked about the sleeping way. The sleeping way, when we are depending on coping mechanisms to keep us asleep, to try to numb it all, but also how to recognize that and take it to God. But today, we're going to talk about the easy yoke, the easy yoke. And that comes from something Jesus said, which we'll get to in just a few minutes. But first, here's a story. Here's a story. So, there was an abolitionist in the 1850s. And kids, if you're not sure what that means, that means someone that was working hard to end slavery in America. So she wished there was something more that she could do in the work of ending slavery. So she started to save her money. She didn't know exactly for what, but she started to save all the money she could. One day she went to a slave auction where they sold slaves to other people, right? And a young girl was standing on the auction block to be sold as a slave. The woman realized this, this is what my money has been saved for. So she bid on the little slave girl and won. As they were walking away, the woman said to the girl, young lady, you are free. You're free. What does that mean? The girl asked. It means that you're free. Free to do what? She asked. Free to do anything you want, the woman said. Does that mean I can say anything I want? Yes, you can say anything you want. Does that mean I can be anything I want? Yes, you can be anything you want. Does that mean I can go wherever I want to go? Yes, you can go wherever you want to go. Then the girl said without hesitation, 
I want to go with you. I want to go with you. So the young girl, now free, joined the woman in her work to free others from the bondage of slavery. Now, I love that story. I lo it's a special story, isn't it? It's a beautiful story because it is an absolutely compelling picture of the gospel, isn't it? This little girl was freed from the cruel bonds of slavery and given a whole new life. But that was just the beginning because, because of that, she knew that she wanted to be with the one that freed her. But more than that, she knew that she wanted to join in the work with the one that freed her. She joined the woman in her work. And that's what we're talking about today when I'm talking about the easy yoke. The easy yoke is about joining Jesus in his work and letting him join us in ours. The easy yoke is about joining Jesus in his work and letting him join us in ours. So last week, um, as I mentioned, Brett talked about waking up to our coping mechanisms, about being aware of them and asking ourselves which of these things that we are depending on. And I want to be clear about that by adding to what both Brett and Melody said, um, that joy and fun and pleasure and relaxing are all good and holy things, things that were given to us by God. They're gifts. But what we have to wake up to is when we depend on those things to keep us from reality, especially the reality of our own pain, our own conditions, our own innermost thoughts and feelings. So it's about when we need those things, right? When we default to those things. And Brett reminded us what we can do when we're honest about our coping and dependence on those lesser loves. We can say to our loving God, be with me. And we can say, I can't undo this. I can't. God can. And I think I'll let him. I think I'll let him. And he's right. That is where we start. And many times we need a season of rest and pause to reflect and invite God into our sleeping ways to wake us up. And that's what we're choosing to do together in this great pause in our story right now, in the story of our shared lives. But here's the question for today. Now what? What comes next? Well, we must work. We must work. We know that we must engage the rhythms of life. We know that at some point these rhythms will return after this strange season is over, and they've already kind of started to, a little bit at least. But whether or not we choose to pick up all the same rhythms in the same way when all this season is over, there is still really good news, really good news about this. Let's go see what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. 
This is Jesus speaking. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me. Watch how I do it, he's saying, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Rest for what? Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So verse 28, that's where we've come to so far in the series, that Jesus is the giver of rest and the one that frees us from those unnecessary burdens. But here's a question. What kind of rest is he offering here? Verse 29 says that we can learn from him to find what kind of rest? Rest for our souls. Because he is gentle and his yoke is easy, right? But here's the next question, and this is really important, especially for the kids out there. Do you know what a yoke is? Do you know what a yoke is? And I'm not talking about an egg yolk with an L in there. So many people say yolk for yolk. There's an L in there, folks, okay? I'm talking about a yoke, Y-O-K-E. You know, I asked all three of my kids this question this week, and they uh, did not have an answer for me. But I bet if you lived on a farm like 200 years ago, you would know exactly what a yoke is. So here are some pictures of a yoke. Here are some pictures of a yoke. High-quality images, if I do say so myself. Um, that's my bad. Um, but that is a yoke. The, the, the piece that is um, sort of harnessing those two oxen together. It goes over their shoulders, right, and around their necks and keeps them together. Okay? So that they can pull something, usually a plow or maybe a cart, so that they can do the work of pulling something. And that's hard work. That's hard work to pull a plow right, through the tough ground, or pull a heavy cart. So a yoke is made for work, all right? So if, <laughs> if we go back to the verse now, and Jesus says, hey, come get in a yoke with me, that sounds a little crazy, right? It's one of those things Jesus says, you're like, hold on, that doesn't sound like that would be nice or restful, right? Um, but Jesus does that. He says things that are sound crazy because it helps people to listen, right? And if you find that statement sacrilegious, then just reread the Gospels. Okay, so this is one of those things that sounds crazy. He's telling us to come to him for deep soul rest because he is gentle. And he's telling us to do that, get into a yoke with me so that we can do some plowing and some hauling. That doesn't sound like rest at all. And that, my friends, that's why we fear the easy yoke and choose to numb instead. That's why. So the Jewish folks that were listening to Jesus say this, they knew what a yoke was, right? They knew what it was used for, and they probably were confused by this too. So what is he talking about? So Kids, you know the Bible was written in other languages, right? 
So we're going to go and look at some of the Greek words to break this, these verses down and see what we can find. And it's going to be quite beautiful. So let's do it. Um, and we're going to put these up on the screen for you. All right, so it starts with, come to me, all you who are weary. Weary. And we know that that means really tired. But in the Greek, this word means to work to the point of being totally depleted, completely spent. That's what it means. So I was trying to think of a time when I felt weary like that. And what came to mind was um, Hurricane Irma. Now, I apologize for the reference and the PTSD that might ensue. But um, so I thought it was a good idea the day that I put up storm shutters to do my lawn first in the September humidity. So I did all the yard work and then I started doing the storm shutters on the second floor, the 22 foot ladder. And uh, thankfully some neighbors came and helped me because I, at the end of that day, was completely empty, totally spent. That's a picture of what this word weary means when he says, come to me all you who are weary, totally spent. And he says, weary and burdened, all who are weary and burdened. So let's look at the burden word. So um, in the Greek, this word for burden, it means to be completely weighed down to where you can't even stand up anymore, right? There's so much packed onto your shoulders, you can barely even go forward, much less stand up. So the weight is so heavy, you are down at the ground, unable to stand. That's what the picture for burden is. Then he says, I will give you rest, and I will give you rest. Now, give you rest, there's only one word for that in the Greek, for that phrase in English. And it comes from two smaller words, which one means up, and one means to stop or to cease. So this is so beautiful. Did you see that? By give us rest, he means to stop the toiling and to lift us up. To stop the burden and the toil and to lift us up so that we can stand back up. Okay. Moving on, he says, take my yoke. We know what that is now, right, kids? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle. For I'm gentle. So the word for gentle here. Um, well, when you think of a gentle Jesus, that might sound a little, I don't know, gentle, right? It makes me think of uh, the shampoo commercial Jesus, which um, that guy looks like uh, he's just used Pantene Pro-V conditioner. Um, that looks like a gentle guy, right? But the Greek word that's used right here for gentle um, it means strong, but under control. It means strength under control or a reserve of strength. So think of it like this. You guys know I have two boys, and like most boys, they like to tackle other people, especially each other or me, and they like to wrestle. And as a grown-up boy, I also participate and these activities at my home. So Declan, my youngest, weighs 50 pounds soaking wet, and if he turns sideways, it's kind of hard to see him still, right? He's, 
He's a, he's a little guy. And so when I wrestle with Declan in the floor, I am gentle. That doesn't mean I'm shampoo commercial dad. It means that I'm meek. My strength is under control. My strength is reserved and under control. That's what a gentle Jesus looks like. That's what this word gentle means. Strength on reserve and strength that can be trusted to lift us up. Okay? All right. Next part. And you will find rest for your souls. For your souls. This word soul in the Greek, um, this is very beautiful. It means the breath of life, the breath of life, the life force in you and me. The rest that we find in Jesus is the soul rest. It's the vital breath of life that animates us just like when God animated Adam in the garden with his breath, the breath that makes us an ensouled being. But there's even a little bit more to this word because this word for soul, the vital breath, it comes from a root that means our psyche, right? Our, our individual psychology or personality or personhood. So there we can see that resting in Jesus restores us, not just restores our soul, but what that means is restores us to a truer version of who it is he created us to be in the first place. It means we are being restored, returning to our essence of belovedness that is only found in him, in his vital breath that is restoring our soul and lifting us up. That's the kind of soul rest he's offering. That's what I mean when I say rest for your soul. And finally, he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we, we looked at yoke, right? Burden. Now, this is interesting. We already talked about the word burden, right? Something that weighs you down to the ground. But this word for burden is different. He used a different word for the second burden. In English, we're just using the word burden. He used a different word. And the second word for burden here, when he says, my burden is light, this type of burden means it's less of a negative meaning and it's more like the load on a ship, like the cargo on a ship. So this is work that isn't draining. This is work that is purposeful and productive and moves smoothly because the burden has a purpose. It's like cargo on a ship. Now that's different from a burden that is crushing us to the ground. Do you see the difference between those two types of burdens, as we are calling it in English. It's two different words. Because the cargo of a ship, that's the kind of work that we're talking about, that Jesus is talking about, when he says, share the easy yoke with me because the burden is light. So if we pull all of that together, if we pull all of that together, I think the invitation from this passage might sound a little bit something like this. And I want you to lean in, to focus in, and, and receive this fully. Receive it. Receive this. Close your eyes if you need to. 
receive these words. Here's what it comes down to. We are invited to come to Jesus when we feel utterly depleted and weighed down to the ground. He will stop the toiling and lift us up. His strength to do so is more than enough, and it can be trusted. And when he lifts us, he breathes the breath of life into us, restoring us to our truest essence in his love so that we can share in his good work and he can share in ours. Now, how does that sound? Because to me, that sounds great. That sounds like an easy yoke and a light burden. But what can that look like practically outside of the theology and the idea world? Well, we'll talk about that next week. So stay tuned. So if it's true that this great pause has been given to us as a moment to look at the whole of our lives and see where we're sleeping, we must also acknowledge something else about this. We have to admit that it doesn't always take all the stressors of our lives to lull us into the sleeping way. Sometimes it can just be the one thing. The one thing. Here's what I mean. If your mind is fixated on or worried about one thing, then your mind is not able to rest. Is that true? If your soul is troubled by just one thing, then it disrupts all the rest of your soul. And to illustrate this, it's the same with the body, right? It's the same with the body. So I've had kidney stones before, and if you have too, you're probably making that face wincing right now out of like a, an empathetic, um, you know, pain with me because you know, you know, and whenever I talk about kidney stones and people know, they make that face like, oh, because they understand, right? You know, kidney stones can be like one millimeter in diameter, but that one tiny, tiny thing causes the whole body to be unable to rest, right? Trust me on that one if you haven't experienced it. It's the same thing with an ingrown toenail or a toothache. One thing can disrupt the rest for the whole. Because it can take just one thing to take away our rest in Jesus, to tempt us out of the easy yoke, not to mention a whole lifestyle of hurry, then we have to do what Brett invited us to last week. We have to surrender, surrender all of the things, even when it comes down to each of the things, each thought that tempts us out of the easy yoke, each temptation. Each one can be taken captive and stood up to so that we remain with Jesus in the easy yoke. Now, surrendering all the things doesn't have to mean that we stop caring or stop praying or stop doing our part. It doesn't mean that we magically become unaffected by things that cause the worry or pain. It just means this. It means that we choose to look those things square in the face and refuse to be controlled by them. That's what it means. Because here it is. Here it is, church. Here is the lie that we are numbed into believing 
in the sleeping way. That the cost of numbing is lighter than the cost of the easy yoke of Jesus. That's the lie we choose when we depend on lesser loves to get us through our hurry and keep us asleep. That the cost of numbing is less than the cost of Jesus' way. But that is a lie. The truth is that there is a cost to sharing the easy yoke with Jesus. It is work. There is a cost to living wide-eyed and awake to the truth of our pain and our need, but it will never, ever cost more than a life enslaved and asleep. Here's why. When we numb and cope and depend on those lesser loves to get us through, we're never just numbing the pain. Because there is no such thing as local anesthesia when it comes to our emotions. There's no such thing as local anesthesia when it comes to our emotions. If we try to numb the hurry and the worry, then we will numb the joy too. You know that's true. If we try to numb the hurry and worry, we're going to numb the good stuff too. And joy is the result of an awake and abundant life. So kids, what do I mean by anesthesia? That's kind of a big word. Uh, but you may know it. That, that's when you need to go to the hospital for surgery, right? And so a special doctor uses some medicine to put you asleep so that you won't feel the pain of the surgery. Right? It's a good idea. But sometimes those doctors can numb just one part of you, right? like your mouth for dental surgery or just your legs or something like that. But my point is this, kids, that with our feelings, we can't really do that. We can't still feel joy if we're trying to avoid our fears and numb ourselves. When we share the load with Jesus in the easy yoke, we step into his light, the light of his truth about ourselves. You can't share the easy yoke and not step into his light that reveals ourselves. But when we step into that easy yoke, we're agreeing that we were created to be yoked with him. Emmanuel, God with us, yoked together. We're agreeing that he has come to walk with us and to work with us, to pull the plow with us, to shoulder all of the weight and fear and sin and pain so that we can just share the weight of our work with him and his work with us. Pastor Melody can come on up. So do you remember the story that we started with today about the little slave girl who was freed? Well, I love the ending of that because she wasn't just freed to be free. And even though she was free and could do whatever she wanted to do, she knew that her freedom was so good that she was compelled to go with the woman and join the work of her liberator to help free others. See, our freedom comes from sharing the easy yoke with Jesus, but that's never just for us. It's never just for us. 
You know that. But here's the thing. We can't participate in the work of freeing others if we are weighed down to the ground with our burdens. We can't do it. We can't free others if we are weighed down with our burdens. We can only do the work of freeing others with Jesus if we're sharing the easy yoke with him. That is freedom. That is living life awake and abundant. That's the way of Jesus. That's the way that he lived. Unhurried and dependent only on the Father for strength and joy. The way we're inviting others to share in. That's the waking way. Let's pray. God, we thank you for these words of truth, this simple unpackaging of a passage of scripture that we know that you said, we believe that you said, and we've heard it before, God, but maybe we've never looked at it quite like this. And so I pray that as we let these words and this truth kind of permeate into our hearts and our souls, that it would change us, that it would invite us to do exactly what it is that you're telling us to do, to find this rest, to find this peace, to find this light burden, and to work with you and to walk with you so that we can be your hands and feet, so that we can set others free, so that we can be a part of doing your good work in this world. So God, I pray that this would stick with us, and that we would wake to the truth of it and that we would say yes to the invitation of it so that we can find this way of life that is freely and lightly with you so that we can find rest. <laughs>